Hello and welcome to the Founded in the Forest podcast. I'm Craig Surhit. I developed this series to spread the word about how the environmental school in British Columbia is changing everything I thought I knew about education. You see, back in 2011, when the school first started, we enrolled our son Nate in kindergarten. And all we knew about the school was that it was going to be experience-based and predominantly outdoors with no school building. I was fortunate to have spent a considerable amount of time at the school in its first couple of years, and right away I knew it was something special. From day one, I started filming the daily activities at the school, which I later assembled into a feature-length documentary, which can be found at foundintheforest.com. This podcast series is a collection of interviews from that film, which includes my discussions with the educators, administrators, researchers, parents, and students that are involved in the environmental school. Over the next 10 or so episodes, I'll be sharing with you topics like how mixed grades work, place-based and experiential and eco-education, learning outside, the role of community, and much more. This first chapter is about the need for change in the education system and how that need prompted Clayton Maitland and Jody McQuarrie to sit down and talk about creating a public school that was different. I think we need to start right from the beginning. You know, why do something like this, right? Why create a schooling situation that's totally different? And part of the reason is when you look at the different settings in a school, when you look at the environment created by the school, a lot of experiences are missing, hands-on, in-context settings. So if that's the case, then you need to do something about it. So Jody McQuarrie and I got together to discuss issues about education and learning, specifically about how kids can learn differently. There are um, outdoor uh, programs, there are experience-based models, there are place-based or community-based programs that uh, run in different places around the world. So there's little pockets of these, right, that do parts of this. There is nothing in the world that has attempted to merge the place and community-based ed the experiential ed, the environmental sort of sustainability ed, ecological ed, at the same time that it is also a research project between a community, a school district, and a university. So in that respect, it's on the leading edge and the cutting edge of you know something that's quite different. It's also what makes the project and the school so incredibly complex. This is outside the box, so far outside the box that, you know, there was a bit of um, trepidation. But Clayton and his team, the people who brought forward the concept, plus the fact that I was supportive of it, they got in behind it. And uh, I did say I lost some sleep in the beginning. There's no doubt about that. But I think in order to really get some good things happening, you have to take some risks. That was Jan Unwin, the former superintendent of schools for Pitt Meadows and Maple Ridge, who, without her support, the school might not have happened. Some of my first questions to the administrators were, how did our education system get to this point, and why does it look the way it does? I think learning's a lot more complex than we ever thought it was going to be. The whole system, a Eurocentric or American way at looking at teaching and learning, became so standardized and so narrow that it didn't allow Uh, students or or learners to expand to where they possibly could be. 
right? And so if it's complex, then we have to deal with all the complexities of learning and give kids not just the written component or the reading component of learning, but the actual experience to learning. For a while they thought that schooling was broken. It's not really broken, it just needs to look differently. The Western world has developed a particular form of, of education that we have all come to, or most of us have come to associate with what learning is, right? And it's this kind of condensed experience and it's, the idea is it's very efficient, you know, so all the information is mostly there in books or in a, a wiser, older person and it's presented and, you know, it's explored as well and I think it's too easy to criticise mainstream education. There's a lot of excellent mainstream education. But, but it does, does still fall in with this paradigm of a kind of concentrated, efficient experience. We know a lot about learning. And one of my pet peeves is that we know what we know and yet we keep doing what we're doing. And there's disconnect from what we know and then what schools are set up like. We've been doing the same thing for a lot of years. And it's great for the select few. And teachers seem to evolve from the ranks of the kids who did well in school and liked school and, and were able to sit in a row. But there are lots of kids who can't do that. And I don't think that our traditional school system serves them very well. The challenge, how can we incorporate all the needs of a school act and, and the needs of this whole way of looking at learning that's been evolving for all that time and say if we broke all the rules and said, well, what could it look like if it was just learning? Then we'd have to take away the school, we'd have to take away the walls, we'd have to change everything and change the metaphors in which these people are, have expected for so long. Because when you sit in a math class for 45 minutes with a textbook open, that's not learning math, right? That's, that's plugging in operations that nobody goes to. And if teachers have one of the highest anxieties over math, then why, why are we doing it the way we're doing it? But every system in the schooling systems that we have in the world are so structured and so linear and so bureaucratic that every time we turn a corner to try to make a change to look at learning and not work, we confront another wall or another brick. It all seems to come back to it should look like this. They should be sitting in desks, in rows, in a classroom, in a school building. It should all look the same as what I had when I was a child. And that's the experience I first had when my wife told me about the school. I had a hard time comprehending how kids could learn without a building and desks until I remembered I didn't particularly like school. And my favorite classes were the odd times when my teachers were feeling rebellious and took the class outside. As I found out interviewing other parents, I wasn't the only one who had similar experiences growing up. Here are some of those parents sharing their rationale behind enrolling their children in the environmental school. For me, I always really struggled as a, as a parent, but also as, a, as an educator, like how it was that we spend the first, you know, four years of our kids' lives making sure that they're like optimally set up, like the best food and, you know, best toys and perfect schedule and great clothes and mom and dad being around and all that kind of stuff. And then we're happy to just have them like struggle through school for the next 13 years. That never really made any sense to me. And so I wanted to make sure that we were putting my son in an environment in which he could thrive. I think I was looking for an, an alternative after six years in a regular school, I could tell that for May that it wasn't working for her. 
When you're not at the top of the class and you're not at the bottom of the class and you're just a mild-mannered kid in the middle, you're looked over, you're passed over. And she used the word invisible when I talked to her about it. And so she knew that she was invisible. And I didn't want that for her because I knew that she deserved more than that. In my school years, um, I, I would escape to nature. We live very close to the uh, Malcolm Knapp Research Forest. And so anytime I was stressed in high school, I would go up there, I would sit in the forest. I'd even take my homework up there and sit in the forest and do it. It was always my, my dream. Why can't this be school? Why can't we just be here doing what we should be doing, right? Yeah, just, just living and, and learning from life rather than learning irrelevant subjects out of books and so on. So I, um, not that I didn't learn a lot, I, I did, but um, I, I felt it was a lot of wasted time. The challenge is that when we're looking at learning, we're not looking at work. We're not looking at school work. We're not looking at um, um, homework. We're looking at learning, and learning happens all the time. So how do we involve the community? How do we involve the parents, the kids, in looking at learning? Right, the teachers to look at learning and from where we are right now to where we can be, not with just the group or with the whole classroom. Um, how can we look at it for learning that child's next step or that group's next step? You know, what does it look like when everyone learns differently? It's an emerging curriculum school, so the kids really have a say in their own learning and in where their interests are going to go as far as their learning and. Um, that was huge for us. The other thing that was huge for us was how um, there was a real focus on um, celebrating each kid's successes and each kid's strengths as opposed to comparing them against a checklist of things that they're deficient in um, and saying, well, he's not up to this, he's not up to this. You know, we know that kids develop at different times and stages and again, it just never really seemed to sit well with me to know that, you know, at this age they're supposed to do this and at this age they're supposed to do this and if they're not, then they're not measuring up and there's something wrong with them. The fact that this school provides that sort of breathing space for kids to be themselves and to grow and learn in their own time is like just huge for us. Thank you for listening to today's show. You can watch the entire documentary at foundintheforest.com. And if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to send them to info at foundintheforest.com. And if you want to support the show, all you need to do is take a minute and rate it in iTunes. That will help others discover it. Next week, we look at how the school handles report cards and grade separation. I'll leave you today with a comment from environmental school teacher Mario Ballou on its decision to join the school. It's about opportunity. You know, I thought it was, it was a brilliant plan and, and, and I had the opportunity to do it and not very many people get that opportunity. So I think when things come along in life, you just have to say, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a try. You know, I had a wonderful school, great staff. Things were smooth, everything. And I had a, a, a good friend of mine, a teacher in the school said, are you sure? You know, it's one of the best schools in the district. Things are going well. Are you sure you want to do this? And you know, I didn't hesitate really at all. I said, yeah, that's what I want to do. Mm -hmm.